Welcome to Harvest Mission Community Church. You are listening to one of our sermons. And so I want to invite um, just our uh, uh, guest speakers for today. I want to first introduce you to them. And uh, they're going to share a lot more about their ministry. So uh, I'll have them share it more specifically. But we're just thrilled to have Sume and Marlin um, uh, here with us as they are part of Christian Action. And also Juliana, she's also here. Uh, she's uh, one of their assistants there. So we're just really thrilled to have them. Just to kind of introduce you, well, first, uh, um, Sume, as some of you might not know, uh, back in 1987, I believe, she actually came to here in Hong Kong and started working for Hong Kong, uh, caring for, I think it was the refugees, assisting the, the refugees uh, because back then there were a lot of Vietnamese boat people who came to this area and there were, many of them were just disenfranchised. Uh, they just didn't have a place to stay. So there was a great ministry that happened. And then finally in 1992, um, that's when they were able to uh, finish off some of the ministries there because many of them went back to Vietnamese uh, boat people. But uh, from there, that's when uh, Christian Action started to uh, change their name to Christian Action. And really beginning to focus in on more of the disadvantage and some of the different needs that we see in Hong Kong. I think it's really easy to look at all these buildings and flashy lights and everything and forget that even in a city like Hong Kong, there are many people who are disadvantaged, who is disenfranchised, who are in great need of help in various ways. And so from uh, 1992 and then all the way to 19, I believe it was around 90, um, 1996, around there, 97. I'm sorry if I don't get the exact dates right. But uh, as it switched over to Christian Action, she became the director uh, and she began to lead this ministry. And if you read her bio, it's just a list of all the different awards and things that she has done. In fact, they have about close to 20-some training centers uh, and things that they're training people in, in different skills. And so that they can have jobs and she'll share a little bit more about that. And just being able to, for myself, just going there and seeing their facilities and all the different training uh, things that they're doing to help people who are in difficult situations. They've been helping out migrants. They've been helping out many of the helpers, domestic helpers. Uh, just wherever there's a need, they've been um, reaching out to them and helping them in such incredible ways. Uh, she was one of the recipients of the first Justice Conference Award. Uh, she's serving on multiple committees and working with the government. So it, it really is an honor for us to have a guest like this. And uh, Marlon, even though I got to know him uh, just not too uh, too long, but I just know that he did some kung fu uh, growing up. And uh, he used to actually work in the financial district until God really got a hold of him through a series of events. And through that, as now they're serving together, they have orphanages uh, in China. And I can't wait for her to share with you of just how God sovereignly allowed them to be one of the few NGOs who are still in China. And their name is Christian Action. So that is like wherever engraved there is like Christian Action to have an organization named Christian Action and recognized by the Chinese government. And so um, my wife was able to go up uh, towards China in one of the orphanages and spend some time there. So it really is our, our great honor and our privilege to be able to have them come and share all that God is doing. So come on, let's give a warm HMCC of Hong Kong. Welcome as we stand together. 
Amen. Amen. Good morning. Uh, that was a, a long introduction. Uh, yeah, I think Pastor Kim, you have uh, taught your people well when I came in to socialize with them. And, you know, I said, uh, yeah, I'm a Malaysian Chinese, right? And then the answer from one of them, yeah, exactly. One of them was like, we are, we are, we are children of God. We are the same, you know, blood-wise. Okay, you know, the, the theology coming through. And then when I, one of them said, yeah, I said, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm going to share uh, about what I'm doing, what God is doing. Yes, 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 you know. So I, <laughs> you, know, you taught them well. Um, but uh, the theme is, is very interesting because uh, uh, it's, what was it? One life. Just one. Just one. Just one life. And that is exactly what I, uh, I this is the big clock, right? That is, <laughs> it's a very big clock. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have so much to share. Uh, and uh, it, it's like I, I told Pastor Kim, I take longer, right? But I, I'm very excited because all of you are still young, you see. And that's when I started. And, and so therefore, uh, indeed, I, I will share about uh, just one, just one life. And how, uh, through the series of where God put us, right? We, we mustn't deny, uh, like the will of God, where He put us in Malaysia, Indonesia, Korea, wherever, right? A and why? So, so what I, I'll do is like nowadays they like this human library thing, right? So it's kind of like, and God is the author, of course. I got to get it theologically right. Uh, and so I will share with you, like, how, how you, you, yourselves, I mean, it's, it's, it's about God, obviously, but you have to cooperate. You have to say yes. You have to make that difficult decision when, when, when it's like, it's not fair, it's ridiculous, or uh, it's against even your own thinking. Okay, so I, I'm going to share, like, you know, how I was when I, I was in Malaysia. But, but first, we know that God will have uh, just one life, right? So, he will have compassion on the poor and needy and save the lives of the oppressed. Now, this is overwhelming in my head, right? When, when you know, the calling of God or whatever is put in my heart. But as, as uh, you know, Pastor Kim has said... Uh, Oh, you know, it's like crazy. Uh, all these committees that I was put into, elected into, uh, appointed. Next one. You know, it's like you cannot do it in one lifetime. And yet, if God chooses you to do it, and yet if you say that, yes, I'll do it, it can be done. Okay? So, like, it's crazy. It's like if you multiply it by the number of years you have to be in one committee... It's, it's multiple, whatever, older than me, okay? So, here we are. But first, this is my family. Of course, you've seen it. Daniel, uh, young people, he's probably still in bed. Uh, he's a drummer. He's a drummer, and he attended the International Christian School, ICS, and uh, some of you there? <laughs> Alumni. Dan Daniel Chung, do you know him? Yeah, and he, he, uh, he went to UBC. Uh, and he's back now and, and doing AI work, okay? So, that's me. 
I came from a very humble primary school because I lived in a very humble place. But that didn't stop me. I was very active. I would be dancing. I would be playing netball, uh, representing the school. And the, the teacher used to say, Siu Mei, you look like an angel because I was a pretty little girl. But you played like a ruffian, right? <laughs> so that's me. That's how God wired me to be. And then I went to secondary school. I went to a great school, Anglican school. And there, very quickly, you know, I, I, I gained, uh, uh, you know, respect or whatever and integrated very well, became prefect. I was house captain. And then uh, the affirmation came. Like every single affirmation that God gives you is for a reason. Okay. I was the first school all-rounder at the age of 15 in a brand new school that all these girls had come from primary school, you know. So, you know, you're, you're, you're hated by the girls, right? The teachers might like you. But it's an affirmation. And God is saying something, and God was saying something to me. Even though I came from a very humble school and my English wasn't perfect, I was, you know, one of the teachers used to say that I have cha kui tiao English. So those of you from Malaysia would know what I mean, right? So mean, right? And But, you know, of course, like, I'm like, okay. So, uh, and, and, and of course, active in sports. I was in everything because I lived in a very small apartment. Very, very small. The first public housing in Kuala Lumpur. Sulaiman Court, where Sogo is right now. Ten people in a house, in an apartment. My grandmother had a stroke and she was lying there right in front. When you go to our door, you see my grandmother lying there, right? And all of us have to squeeze into two small rooms, you know, and, the, you know, like the kitchen was wet, you know, those, uh, in those days. And, and it was nowhere for anyone to sit down in that room for long. And my way out was to, I just went out and I was very active. Anything, I have like three or four sets of friends, right? One for going to movies, one for sports, one for going to party, one for, you know, playing, uh, whatever. So just to be away from home. And then uh, that's where I go, like singing competition. So at the age of 14, I beat all the 17-year-olds, you know, and became like the champion. So I was like, wow, my, you know, so uh, at that time I was very popular because I won it. And then I was in school operators, and that, that's me. That's how God... Why it me to be, okay? So, song and dance, that's my, my favorite. I was uh, going to be a singer. That was my dream. I was going to be a singer. I'm going to be an actress. I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be famous, right? That was my plan, my plan. So, and, and we do win singing competitions. Uh, and uh, even though, like, in my form, there are not people who sing with me. I would sing with the juniors, right? Uh, and then I became freshie queen, like we so competitive. Oh, all the different girls from different school must win, must win, okay? So I win it before, before I go to England. So I, I did win, right? So my, I was very popular with my friends. And then I, yeah, I was a, I was a face that launched the OK bar in Malaysia, right? So that chocolate bar didn't really work out, but not my face. It's because it was a lousy version of Kit Kat. So, you know, nothing to do with me. And I, but, you know, and all these things. I mean, can you imagine? Like, I thought all these things, right? I was going, it was like, this is my life in Malaysia. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be famous. I'm going to, you know, and then. But of course, you know, you become a Christian. Halfway through. 
become a Christian. And then you, 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 you listen to your, you know, your Sunday school teacher, your pastor saying, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. You know, I'm not going to university. I'm going to theological college to come and teach you guys because Jesus is coming. You know, in my mind, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming, right? And, and because, you know, my background in, in, in Kuala Lumpur, in a humble place, you know, and all these girls are, all these guys are from Pataling Jaya, you know that, right? They are middle class, you know, and they're all praying, you know, dear Lord, oh God, oh God, you know, I'm going like, how do I pray? How do I pray? You know, I don't know how to pray that way. But in my heart, I knew there was God. But how do I pursue him? Because I'm so busy, right? And of course, uh, the three of us got a scholarship with Kentucky Fried Chicken. And the three of us are, I know, that's, you know, this is God's sense of humor. And, and I, I tell you, we don't have to work for Kentucky Fried Chicken. We didn't have to eat Kentucky Fried Chicken. And we really went to the owner and said, what, what do I have to do, huh? you know? And then he said, just do your best. Just do your best. So we had a wonderful scholarship for five years, the three of us. Our uniform were from uh, Harrods, you know. But it was the time, it was, a, to me, that time was the worst time in my life. At that point, I felt it was so boring. It was so cold. <laughs> Every day I look out the window, is bunny rabbits hopping out of fences, you know. And, and, but it was a time when I was, I had time for God. I was so hungry for God that I took religious studies because there's no like logical college, right? And I was the only student with one chaplain. Okay, so I had the chaplain as my mentor for two years in religious studies where I learned about, you know, synoptic, synoptic gospel, the suffering prophet, you know, all these things. And, and because it was a boarding school, it was very, they would bring out the students when I said, oh, I want to understand about euthanasia, you know, and things like that. Christian worldview. And, and we would be taken for outing to listen to Francis Schaeffer, you know, probably he's dead by now. But, but all these things, that those two years were the ground that God was talking to me, right? And, but during the process, the three of us, remember the three of us were Christians, and we started a Christian fellowship. In the boarding school, an Anglican boarding school that we do, you know, wow, you know, and, and, and singing songs by Evie, Evie, those are old enough to know her. And, and that's how God works, okay? And, and, but you, you, as I said, you have to respond. You have to respond. What do you want? What, what is in your heart? And you must listen to God. And then, by 21 years old, I, I, some of you are that age and, I continued the dialogue with God, right? And by that time, I had settled down, and I still did religious studies in the first year. And, and you know, I, what, why, why did you bring me out here? This is ridiculous, right? I was, into me, is it ridiculous? Then he said, he realized that I was, I think of myself as full of talents, and I have, you know, I can do anything I want, that kind of thing. And he says, I gave you those talents. Now, what do you, what do, you do with them? Okay, all those things that I told you about. What do you, what do, you do with them? And I said to God, well, what do you want me to do with them? And he says, I made this world perfect. And it's not perfect right now because of sins, right? Greed and human nature. 
So I want you to partner with me to make this world a better place. So that was my, the first imprint in my heart, my mind, that I'm a partner of God. Right? I did think, am I going to be in you know, pastoral ministry or what? You know, but of course, that didn't come true. And by the, tw- by the age of 23, I was serving uh, Vietnamese refugees in uh, UK. Okay, and uh, it's a series of miracles. I had 1,000 pounds in my bank account. And amazingly, I got a visa. Amazingly, then I got housing. I have, you know, everything. I don't have to touch my 1,000 pounds for, for, for that year. But that, that's for another time. But this is how God works. He's waiting for you, right? The minute you say yes, all the miracles will, will, will happen. And this is like when I took Marlon, when he wasn't a Christian, to Billy Graham, uh, crusade, um, and and just and I went to university church like like this one. So I'm I, it's kind of like exciting to see so many young people. I went to Liverpool Chinese Gospel Church for for students, actually a lot of students like yourselves. Okay, but at the end, you 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 sit down and you you listen, you hear what's in God's heart, right? I, the Lord of sea and sky, I have heard my people cry. Right? He wants to reach out to all of us. Now, for those of us who are so blessed to know him, what is our responsibility? So that, in my mind, is like, okay, and, and who will bear my light to them? Whom shall I send? Right? If everyone's sitting down, like, uh, enjoying Sunday service, going home, have a middle-class job, you know, and, and buy a few houses, whatever, then who? Who will he send to do this? This, this? I mean, I'm not saying that all of you should do the same, but that was going through my mind. It was like God challenging me. So whom shall I send? I, I the Lord of wind and flame, I will tend the poor and lame. What about, about those guys who don't have, like, evidently much talent? And, and in a, in a, in a disadvantaged position, what about them? Right? I will give my life to them. This is Jesus giving his life to them and all of us. We know that. But he also gave his life to them. So that's when I, I responded, no choice, right? Like this pastor, he said, no tears. But I was crying. I said, oh. <laughs> you know. How? You know? It's like, if I go back to Malaysia, it would be the end of me because I'll be so competitive. My help, you know, my friend buy the house, I want to buy a bigger one. You drive a BMW, I buy, you know. It would be that kind of mentality, right? And if you're in welfare work, you are a beggar. Right now, it's, it's much better. But in my day, you'd be like, you know, wearing drabby clothes and, you know, which is what I hate, you know. For me, I like to dress well, right? <laughs> so, but here we are. And then I met uh, my handsome husband. Ah. You know, I mean, things that you don't imagine. The, the minute you submit to God, you know, you would never think for Malaysian to be married to a Hong Konger. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I mean, you know, it's like we're two groups of people, right? You know, I, I, my, my Chinese was bad. I didn't understand the jokes of the Hong Kong people. They're always laughing. I said, what are they laughing about, you know? <laughs> and Malaysians are all very cynical, you know. They be, 
So, but here we are. This is, this is God's plan. <laughs> yeah. But then I continue as the scripture reveals to me. Like, because I want to serve Jesus. Where is he? Who is he? Right? All those things that I learned, you know, when you think about it, religious studies and, and stuff. And, but it's all very simple. Very simple. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. So, get on with it. Temptation along the way? Yes. Right? There are. My husband, uh, at, at that time, going to work in uh, Exchange Square. And I was in the Twin Moon refugee camp, sweating, you know, no aircon, T-shirt, jeans, you know, and smelly toilets. I'm wondering, what kind of life is this? It's not fair, right? And my friend's driving BMW, of course, in Malaysia. <laughs> but at the end of the day, when you face the Almighty, you have to look. To me, that is reality. The reality is not all those things. And, and somehow or other, I, I, I just have this concept, only one life, you know. What are you going to do? Right? You, you have a choice. And one of the things that went through my head is that why am I spending, why would I want to spend my time serving the rich? Right? It's to get money. It's to get salary. Right? That's the exchange. So at the end, I have to submit to God. And I say, okay, God. I want to spend my life serving, helping people, changing lives. And I was going to be like, you know, a missionary. My husband is going to pay for everything, you know. I'm, I'm going like, I mean, that, that was, you have to come, you, you have to, what is the lowest denominator? You know, I had to, I had to think, what is the no, lowest denominator? No money, la, no this, no that. And, you know, he was going to subsidize everything. But... You know, was that the case? It, it, it wasn't. It, it, it didn't. It, it's not like God is a, a, a what do you call it? Uh, what's the word? That want you to suffer, la, you know, be nuns la, or be, you know, uh, looking like you haven't had a shower for five days, you know, and everybody uh, uh, appreciate you or feel sorry for you. No. I mean, even in the early days, I said Christians are not losers. Christians are not losers. Right? You, if you are capable of being a CEO in a big company where they like open franchise and all this sort of thing, but if you are given the same talents, that's what you should do in your capacity to build. Right? For the sake of God's kingdom, obviously. And uh, there we are. I became a, a director in 1992. Can you imagine? Nine years. Just nine years, right? Volunteer, working with refugees, and, and I was a, a, a director in 92. Twist and turn, but, you know, there I was. And changed the agency's name to Christian Action because we, we were serving refugees at the time, Hong Kong Christian Aid to Refugees, you know. And then I knew that the Lord has a future for us. He has his plan for us, that we can prosper and that we will do good in his name, Okay. So, the first target was the foreign domestic helpers. At that time, and even now, they are still the most disadvantaged community. 
you know, they are the lowest denominator in a household. And the labor law is, is, is not fair. And they get exploited. They get abused. In a house. Right? That nobody knows. So 1993, we started with that. And look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. The Lord Almighty has an interest in laborers who are exploited. Okay? That is the kind of God we serve. And then, you know, as uh, unemployed persons and new arrivals from China, whom I feel so close to because I, I'm a foreigner as well, in a way, right? And there they are, no qualifications, poor, no friends, no relatives. How desperate. No welfare. Only after seven years. How desperate they are. And they have to look after the children. So we, we provide services. Uh, we still provide services for them. And the young people, disenfranchised young people, you know, the SAMO or whatever, uh, and then the welfare recipients, uh, social enterprise where it, the, the law showed me rubbish into gold, rubbish into gold, right? So we, we actually make a, a small profit and uh, be environmental about it and uh, hire people uh, in, in, the, in the grassroots community to do the work. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's his perfect will for us to serve all these people who are disadvantaged, who are sidelined by community, who do not have any political rights. If they do, the government will be, you know, funding these programs, but obviously not. And uh, the Lord watches over, yeah, the next one, the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow. So we still continue to serve refugees, right? Uh, in 2003, when there was an influx from uh, South Asia and Africa, and, and, and we were then again drawn into serving them. It's not easy because our center is in Chongqing Mansion. At that time, it was still very scary. Right now, it's not so. Um, and yet, the Lord says to us, right, these are my children. A uh, 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 people group that I, I wasn't very familiar with, but here goes. And the ethnic minorities, uh, we were serving them before the government intervened. And Child Development Fund, children from the poor community, where we only singularly work with churches because, to me, churches are middle-class community and you have resources and you share it. So we bring the poor children to the churches to be mentored and to be brought into the community of God. And to me, I, I would say, yeah, it's a middle-class community. That's the reality. Give them hope, see possibilities through your eyes in leading them. Okay? And other, like, uh, after-school care, especially for the special education needs kids, there was one mother who confessed, I couldn't look after my boy. I told him one day, you either hide yourself in the cupboard, cupboard, lock yourself in, or you jump out of the window. That is how desperate some of these mothers are. 
So we are doing our bit, right? Not too big because we don't have funding from the government. We are not a subvented agency. We are a self-financed agency, okay? And then, uh, well, you know, there's three meal boxes given by Food Angel. We just say, okay, we'll take it and then distribute it uh, as dinners to the elderly around where we are in Choi Hong, in uh, Choi Wan, and, and, you know, where we were in the Kayib estate. Uh, they come. Uh, it's fresh because uh, lunch, leftover, dinner, right? If you have lunch, it's leftover from yesterday. So we want people to have fresh uh, dinners. And most, people, most agencies would do it lunch because it's easier. And again, you know, we continue our social enterprise. If you pour out yourself, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as noonday. You can't do that sitting here. You have to be out. You have to be out. And this is uh, our, our, our colleagues who uh, serve in Qinghai. So long, because it's so long, I'll show you a, a video that we, we share, you know, when we do fundraising or just sharing our, our yeah, shall we, shall we do that? Yeah, I think there's a, a video. <laughs> Praise God. Is, 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 is this mustard seed? I mean, I could have woken up, cried and said, that was a terrible nightmare. <laughs> but when God planted his vision in you, you have to seek him. Seek him and, I mean, did I think that it would be like this? No, I didn't. All I wanted to do in my head was what God said, save the kids. And I didn't know Mandarin. You know, I was one of those people who don't know Chinese, right? And I was a foreigner in Hong Kong. I didn't know many rich people. I don't go to a church full of rich people, you know where they are, right? And, you know, I just said, God, you got the wrong person. Rabbi doesn't make a mistake. And here we are. This is... Uh... So then he tells me in 2007 when he expanded and exploded the program in China. But of course, it was very scary. However, he tells me, I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. And why do I have to worry? Because he will make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches. For I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. And you know what? We, we are the chosen people. We were not, some of us, many of us, were not born Christians. And how do we come, become Christians? Because someone told, you know, rec, uh, introduced Christ to us. And that's how we know about Christ. Right? And they, so that they might declare my praise. And, and what are we all doing? We are declaring the praise of God. And so, the vision is that we go there in a place where there's like 53 out of 56 minority groups in China, unreached people group, okay? In God's way, not in, we, 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 we can't jump the gun, right? We are salt and light. We go there, I saw your mission statement. You have to be salt and light in the community so that people will come to know God. 
from your good work. It's part of your, uh, I'm glad, right? So the new thing, what are the new things? The new thing is that we finally became a registered NGO against everybody's you know, rumor or whatever saying that Chinese government uh, hates Christian groups. We could be registered as a, under a Christian name called Christian Action. And, and we were still the only one. Because when we went, there was a temptation to call ourselves something different, you know, like kindness action or whatever. <laughs> but, but in my heart, you know, because I follow, you know, like God's instruction. And, and I said, no, you, you, you go as who you are. They'll find out. <laughs> I knew in, in, back in 1996, 95, they'll find out. Right? Why, why would you want to be in disguise? I mean, to me, I, we, we're just called to save. If they don't want us to help them save their children, to bring hope, to, to serve them, then that's fine. We have done our part. We offered. Okay? So uh, that's the new thing that with this uh, platform, uh, we can bring more people in. Right? While there is supposed to be like clamping down, we can bring people in to do all the work that's needed there. And that's uh, the family with uh, our baby, uh, Shui Yan. And uh, she's uh, been adopted to the USA, pretty girl. Uh, many of us were thinking, oh, whether to adopt her, right? She's such a good baby. Thank you. Thank you to the Kim. We, we sent children to Hong Kong for surgeries, many you know, life-saving uh, surgeries. But it's, it's amazing how the Lord will put you in the same place, right? With the world leader. Here we are. So, as I said, Christians, we are not losers, you know? We're up there. Okay. Time is running out. And then, I mean, I was not meant to sit up there. But it was through persecution. Persecution. Not from the Chinese, but from our own local group. You know, there was like, this is a spiritual warfare, right? This guy trying to kick me out because I was the convener of, of Hong Kong Macau group. Because they wanted, they, they, they coveted this uh, position. At the end, they successfully kicked me out from that position. And uh, I was devastated. I thought, humiliated. Oh, God, did you bring me to come to this, you know? But amazingly, the, peop the local people knew that we were genuine, that we have not, that I have not done anything wrong, decided to promote me. So I was up there on the stage looking at my enemies. <laughs> right? You got my convener. I'm now standing committee member, okay? So, so this is how God works. When you face terrible persecution, God is with you. And out of anything bad, he will make something good. Don't give up. Right? And that guy who was, uh, took my place as a convener went to prison in, in, you know, because he's a fraud. Right? So it's a spiritual warfare. Okay? And there was, a, again, in, uh, I retired in 2017 as a CPPCC member, you know, like wiping sweat off my brows. Thank you, Lord, kind of thing. Um, 
and 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 then uh, appointed to uh, friendship. China, China Friend, Overseas Friendship Association, again taking photo with, you know, a world leader. There he is, right? But this is, again, a platform where we want to show China that there that many people, many Chinese people, we want to serve China, serve the people who are poor and needy. China is rich, but there's still a gap, right? There's a big gap. They've done tremendously well. They have alleviated poverty in such a short time but there's still we you know they still need help so that's why we're there but of course we are in the process of thinking like handing down the baton to the local church okay and again favored leadership i you know, some of them are in prison or went to prison whatever but those <laughs> those are the people I, I i i could meet and dialogue and and know well and 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 they they are the ones who help us uh, along the way, right? Um, okay. And I then the Lord uh, reconnected me back to Malaysia because I felt it was a time to rise up, you know, for the overseas Chinese to be raised up to go back to China to serve, right? You'd have to live there, right? Okay, don't be afraid because I was wondering that myself, but no. And and then I also invited the Malaysian influencers to Hong Kong, you know, so that there is a dialogue. They will understand us a bit better. And then again, you know, like, can you imagine uh, alumni? You know, you're talking about alumni from uh, 2018 to, you know, I was like class of 77, right? And, and and I had the honor of being the MC for, for, for this big event. But it was God's will. I mean, God is the one, you know... So many girls, right? From all these years. But yet, uh, I could do that because God wanted me to connect quickly, quickly, you know. To, you can see that I'm like very impatient. Quick, 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 right? So quickly, the, 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 the Lord already put me in a place where I am engaging with uh, a lot of Malaysian leaders. And brought them to Qinghai. And those are the churches that uh, we have now, are now in touch with, right? River of Life Sanctuary, Datuk. Paulo, uh, he, you know, he's, mis he's such a good man of God, but of course he was so misunderstood. But anyway, that's for another story. Uh, and then all the different uh, Hong Kong partners, uh, Christian partners, and, and also school, right? There's Hong Kong Poly U Rehab uh, Division, okay? Uh, and all this overseas partners, they're, they're all there, and, and, and they can all go in safely and uh, without having to hide, without having to be afraid, uh, because we are registered and we are above board. Okay, and this is the new thing, the there's small seeing children's home who allow children to die when I was there, like 27 kids, is now going to be like, whoa, one of the biggest institutions there, bad or good, I tell you, there are many poor families there who do not know, know how to look after their children. So we offer training to the families. You know, there are left-behind kids and, and all these people who would need this institution. And then, um, back to serve. The children who's grown up, and the Lord say to me, bring them back. Bring them back to serve. Okay, so these orphans who were adopted abroad will come back. This reconciliation healing, and also for China to face what they have done.
Okay, I think if this nation needs to be uh, go through a process of playing a big part in the end times, if some of you would believe that, I think one of it is to really repent. Right? Uh, from our last trip to China, they have already renounced the uh, Cultural Revolution. Okay, so it's, it's a process that the nation is going through. And it's up to us. We want to help them to become where God wants them to be. That's where I am. Okay. And then the thing is, like, I feel that I am, that's where I say the identity. I'm a back to serve too. We left China because we were, we, you know, it was poverty and hunger. All of you in Indonesia, Malaysia, it was during that time of our businesses. But, you know, is it time for us to go back to serve? You pray to God and ask God for an answer. And the new thing is that we are engaging with the three self church, right? And we will be engaging them in salt and light. And we'll be bringing uh, uh, theological teachers to the three self church and to pass the baton to them. And we are encouraging spirit filled Christians locally in Qinghai to attend the three self church. Because if you don't go there, you don't criticize. That's my point, right? You have to bring change with your own life and what God wants you to do in any place. So that's why we could survive that long in China because we go there not making judgment. We don't have a right to make judgment. We have not been through their journey, right? And, and we go there to, to serve, to bring God's love and God's presence into that place. So again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch on its shade. And all of us, all of us have that potential. So I'm sharing this one life because I feel that, you know, uh, it's been a long time, right? And, and I am, you know, it's like, the graph, right? It's, it's going this way. So I, I really pray that uh, you will catch the vision and that you can come and partner with us because as I said, my graph is going this way, right? Um, and to take over what God is doing both in Hong Kong and in China as partners. How about that? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. All the great things that he's doing. Uh, we want to close out, and I, I just want to give a, a little bit of an exhortation through the word uh, as we think about everything that God did this past month. And as we were talking about just the one faith, one mission, uh, even just this one life, uh, one moment that God could turn our lives around. So I want to I wanna have you, talk. you don't have to turn to the Bible. I'm just going to quickly just read it here. Uh, with, with testimonies like this, the question now becomes, like, what is it for me? What, what is it that God is calling me to do? And I want to read to you Acts chapter 13, verse 36. This is what it says in the ESV. It says this, and, and read it along with me in the yellow. It says, for David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid with his fathers and saw corruption. Uh, let me just quickly put this in context so you understand 
what this one verse is trying to say. Uh, you'll notice that in this passage, it's the context of Apostle Paul and Barnabas, and they were going to Antioch of, um, of Pisidah, and he was preaching in the synagogue. And as he was preaching in the synagogue, he was giving this brief overview. So if you look at chapter 13, all of from the beginning, he's giving a brief overview of the history of Israel. Uh, from the time of the deliverance of the Jewish people from Egypt, all the way through King David. And here's Paul that mentions that through this genealogy, this long history, that we see that Jesus Christ came into this world as a Savior. And here Paul is mentioning about the message of salvation that came through Jesus, that the Jewish people killed. He actually said that to the Jewish people. He goes, you killed him uh, because you did not believe and you crucified him. And then he mentions about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So this is all in chapter 13. And then this was the message that Paul was bringing to the Jewish people. And this is where he comes to the point of talking about David, how he served the purposes of God in his generation, and then he was laid to rest. I'm going to quickly mention several things here for us to think about. And this will be applicable to all of you as we try to bring closure to our missions month. The first thing is this. Uh, Things that we can learn from David, just from this one verse. The first thing is, we have to be resolute to do God's will. You see that David, it says here, he served the purpose of God. I think there's something powerful when you know and understand what God's will is. Even as Sumain was sharing, uh, there are so many things that she did not know at that moment. But as things began to evolve, she began to understand more of that calling that God had for her in her life. And I think this is something that's really important for every single one of us because I know that these are the questions that some of us are asking. Like, God, what do you want me to do? What is your purpose? What is your plan for me? Uh, Listen to the other translations of verse, the first part of verse 36. It says this in the NLT. Read it once again in the yellow with me. It says, "For for after David had done the will of God. Listen to the message translation. It says this, David, of course, having completed the work God sent out for him. And so, What you have to understand when we talk about being resolute and doing the will of God is that I think some of us, our approach is, God, what do you want me to do? And if I could just be, just once again, reiterate a lot of the things that we've been emphasizing in our church, that is a very self-centered way of trying to understand the things of God. Now, I'm not saying it's completely wrong because we all have something that he wants us to do, but the problem is that we're constantly looking for that as our first thing, God, what do you want me to do? And so what we've been trying to encourage you is instead of asking God, what do you want me to do, to ask the question, God, what is it that you're doing? What are you doing around the world? And then after you ask that question, the statement or the response should be, God, how can I be a part of what you're doing? Start there with God and what he's doing around the world. And then from there, he's going to give you more clarity in terms of what you're called to do to play a part in his greater kingdom. I think this is why when you look at verse 22, uh, you don't have to turn to it. It says, and when he had removed him, referring to Saul, when God removed Saul, he raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified and said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart. Come on, let's say it together. After my heart, who will do all my will. This is quoting from 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 14. 
as he was now going to be anointed as the next king. Other translations of the last part of verse 22 in the NLT, once again, read it in the yellow with me. It says, he will do everything I want him to do. The message translation says, he's a man whose heart beats to my heart, a man who will do what I tell him. Like, When was the last time your heart beat with God's heart? Think about that for a moment. The things that burden his heart burdens your heart. When was the last time? And that's why it's imperative that when we think about being resolute and doing the will of God, we have to know God. I like what Philip Brooks said in his book, Addresses. He says this, Sad will be the day for every man when he becomes absolutely content with the life that he is living, with the thoughts that he is thinking, with the deeds that he is doing, when there is not forever beating at the doors of his soul some great desire to do something larger, which he knows that he was meant and made to do because he is a child of God. Simply what he's saying is so many of you are going to live your life so content of just doing average things. And that's the saddest part. Because when you are a child of God, there's so many great things. I, I mean, I was looking at all the different things that Sume was able to experience. And of course, no credit to her own, but giving God all the glory. But when you think about some of those things, that it was God who opened those doors to do things that are beyond what she even imagined. That's when you're able to live for something that's greater than yourself. How about us this morning? I'm wondering if we're resolute in doing God's will and living for his purposes here on this earth. Let me give you another quick exhortation regarding this one verse as we look at Acts chapter 13. Not only be resolute to do the will of God, but the second thing you will notice is be responsible for your generation or our generation. You heard me say this many times before, but Christianity is one generation away from extinction. And something that's powerful is all throughout the Bible, we see how God is always concerned about the generations, always. Psalm 78, verse 4 through 6 in the NIV, read it in the yellow with me, it says this, We will not hide from um, them from their children. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. He decreed statues for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our forefathers to teach their children. So the next generation will know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn will tell their children. This is idea of one generation telling the next generation. And if we do not reach out to our generation in our time right now, we will have nothing to share with the next generation that is coming. When we think about the situation in Hong Kong, I, I, I'm getting so many different emails and messages, like, is everything okay? Because all they're seeing is the crazy media stuff, right? All the fire and the petrol bombs and all the police. You, you, they, that's all they see, and they're worried about us. And I'm just like, yeah. I mean, if you're right in the hot spot, it's, it's not good. But if you're away from that, then you're not as effective. But our hearts are concerned. And I was thinking about this. Who's going to reach out to th this generation of people who are on the college campuses? Some of you are like, well, I'm past college. I, I have a family now. But we're still part of our generation. This is the generation of our time. And this will define Hong Kong for the future. And so my challenge is, do you care about your generation? I want to be more specific to some of you who are college students. 
Like those four years, if you're a fourth year, the four years, that is your generation. You got to focus it even in your class. And I'm praying that this will be the case for even our church, that we will be able to reach out to the people in our generation. No one's going to be responsible for reaching our generation. It's something that we're responsible for. I'm just wondering if some of us have God's heart and burden for our generation in this time. I know that some of us are feeling overwhelmed trying to reach our generation, so it's always easier just to say, you know what, it's just overwhelming. I'll just I'll just do whatever I can and just kind of stop there. But I want to challenge us. I, I really feel like if we invest in this generation, we're going to be able to reach the next generation and the generation after that. That's why Peter Marshall once said this. He says, it is better to fail in a cause that will ultimately succeed than to succeed in a cause that will ultimately fail. What he's simply saying is this. There are things in life that you will try and you might fail, but you know that it's a God thing, so God will bring it about. Rather than you doing your own thing and then it succeeds, but ultimately at the end, it's going to fail. And the third and last thing that I want to just highlight quickly here is this. Not only be resolute in doing the will of God, another thing that you'll see is be responsible for our generation. But the last thing is this, be reflective of eternity. Did David serve the purposes of God in his generation and then he was laid to rest? The last part of verse 36 says, David fell asleep and was laid with his fathers and saw corruption. The NIV, the New Living Translation says, he died and was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. Uh, can we accept the fact that every single one of us, we're going to start decaying. Some of us are decaying a little bit faster than others. All right, let's, let's just be honest here. And all of us will die one day. Some of us, we might live very long time to about 80, 90 years old. God bless you. Some of us might pass away sooner. I ended up just getting a text message uh, yesterday because there is a person in our church in Michigan where I just found out from this other pastor that her younger brother passed away in a car accident. And so before they make the announcement, they wanted someone who was going to be there for her as she hears this news. So I'm scrambling early morning, trying to figure out, because he was going to talk to uh, the family and things, and they were we were trying to figure out how do we get a hold of this girl to prep her because we, she's going to hear the news that her younger brother passed away in a car accident. Like, you just don't know when you're going to pass away. Life is so short. And with the one life that you have, the question is, how are you living your life? Psalm 39, verse 5, in the New Living Translation says this, You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you at best. Each of us is but a breath. In light of eternity, this is our life right here. You were born and you're going to die. In light of eternity. And so often we don't think like that. We feel like our whole future is ahead of us. But one day we will die. James chapter 4 verse 14 says this, why you don't, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. That's why I think C.S. Lewis in this book, Mere Christianity, he writes this, it is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world 
that they have become so ineffective in this. Aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither. So many of us in this room, all we think about is the here and now. All we think about is the material things around us. What would it be like if you lived your life with eternity in mind? That your one life, the way you live your life, can impact eternity, souls, people around us. That's why the one thing that I want us to remember as we think about David who served the purposes of God in his generation and was laid to rest, he died. I pray that it will be said of us that Seth or whatever you fill in the blank with your name, that I serve the purposes of God in my generation and then I passed. So the one thing is simply this, with our life, we must amplify God's mission and live to glorify Him. To advance forward, to make known His mission to the ends of this earth and to live in such a way that will bring glory and honor to Him. Thank you for listening to the Harvest Mission Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit our website at hongkong.hmcc.net.